Welcome to our After the Bell podcast, brought to you by Thirsty Scholars Partnership. Our podcast is here to help teachers and tutors. We will be discussing the latest issues in education and sharing top tips for use in the classroom, both face-to-face or virtually. If you work in education and looking to improve or develop your skills, then this podcast is here to help you. Good morning and welcome back to the Afterbell podcast brought to you by Thirsty Scholars Partnership. Georgie McIntyre here again, uh, Director of Learning and Development for the Classroom Partnership. And I'm delighted to say that we return to focus on our series of podcasts focusing on edu habits. Uh, joined today, again, we have Helen Morgan, who's a previous head of school, trainee, consultant and also associate of Thirsty Scholars Partnership. Helen writes a number of our key courses and delivers a lot of our webinars as well. And we're also joined by the wonderful Andrew Bridge, who's a current deputy principal at school. So we always get great current insights from Andy when he's uh, with us. So edgy habits are extremely relevant with in the education arena um, and we're aiming to cover in this podcast series to explore habits that educators or edu habits and what ones that we need to develop to thrive and achieve success. So Helen's going to start quickly by introducing the edu habits of highly effective people in education. So Helen, good morning, how are you? And uh, could you start by just sharing us what some of the edge habits are that we would expect to see with people in education? Hi, Georgie. It's great to see you. Uh, morning, Andy. Um, morning. I think edge habits are really interesting, aren't they? Um, and we've got a whole series of, of different edge habits. So, so far in the series, we've talked about walking the talk as a leader. Uh, we've talked about how to listen really well. And obviously today we're going to talk about keeping your tank full. Um, and there are lots of different edgy habits, but really what we're, we're thinking about are what are those behaviours, what are those routines, what are those habits that help you to be really effective um, in your role? Thank you so much, Helen. That's really great to hear that. And uh, I think we're actually now on our third habit. So previously we've covered uh, a number of different areas, including are you listening? Um, and uh, we're going to be focusing today on keeping your tank full, which is really relevant, particularly this time of year. Um, we've got lots of challenges around sickness and uh, people feeling unwell as well with uh, the next uh, sort of round of pandemic that's happening. Um, and as an educator, when we hear the well-being, the term well-being, we often think it, it does actually refer to other people. Um, and we spend quite a lot of time looking after the well-being of others. This cannot obviously be at, at everybody's detriment. And actually, a priority should be to focus on keeping your own tank full as well. It's so important to ensure that you're keeping your engine running smoothly uh, with a little car analogy there. So today we're going to consider how educators can make sure that you're looking after your own well-being and also what best practice looks like for others. So let's start by actually unpacking that. What do we mean by the term keeping your tank full? Do you want me to start, Andy? Yeah, 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 you go. OK, so I mean, when we think about kind of keeping your tank full, I think it's about making sure that you 
look after um, your physical health so that you know you're doing enough exercise you're getting enough sleep you're eating well um, I think alongside that it's also kind of about looking at your your emotional health um, and making sure that you know your mental health is good um, and that you feel you know like you want to get out of bed and go to work in the morning um, and you know when you're not sleeping well or if you're you know you've got um, some issues with your mental health that can be really really hard and, and teaching is really challenging um, and I think alongside that you know during the school term it can be really difficult to stay socially connected with people uh, particularly um, you know kind of your friends and your family so it's about how do you kind of make sure that you get that work-life balance to stay socially connected to look after your emotional health to look after your physical health but also to, to find time for you um, I think as an educator one of the things that often happens is you spend your whole time looking after other people um, you know you're looking after children or you're looking after your team or you're looking after your associate staff and finding time to do things that fill your tank and, you know, help you to feel fulfilled can be really difficult. Yeah, Absolutely. I, yeah. Sorry, Andy, go ahead. I was going to say, I, I'd agree. I think it's um, that, you know, most people in most professions probably do it, but I think teachers, because of the kind of caring nature of the role, you do tend to think well this first. And if you're in uh, a classroom teacher role, it's probably the children in your class or a, a leadership role your team members and I guess it links to that um aeroplane analogy about putting your your own oxygen mask on before you put them on other people and you can't help others if you totally burn out yourself so I think it kind of all comes back to that and what that um what that self-care or that avoiding that burnout looks like will be totally different for everyone it might be um just taking a little break it might be asking for help it might be um acknowledging when you can't do something maybe it's saying no to something that you'd normally say yes to so it probably look different for everybody um but it's probably important that we consider what what does it look like for us how are we managing how are we managing that for ourselves yeah i, I totally agree here andy um we're currently going through some um significant support and investment here at um, the classroom partnership and, and thirsty scholars um, and looking at supporting our tutors and our teaching assistants and supply teachers, um, making sure that classrooms remain positive, but also getting teachers to uh, focus on on their well-being um, and, and considering sort of, you know, how they can maintain connection, engagement and and positive emotions whilst they're sort of actually it's a really tough ask sometimes and and there's pushback from both sort of the students and parents upwards and also downwards from um, senior leadership and middle leadership so sort of giving people strategies and tips to to think about how to manage those and um, one we were talking about yesterday was rather than having a, a to-do list because we've all got uh, a four pages of to-do list every day is actually at the end of the day put together a, a ta-da list so that actually you can, you can list down um, the things that you, you have accomplished that day so you have achieved and, and you have a sense of achievement because um, often you can lose sight of actually what you've achieved every day and, and that would be a great sort of area for us to sort of explore. So 
So Helen, what happens when you don't keep your tank full? You know, I think um, that's such a good question, Georgie. Um, and you often hear kind of educators talk as they come towards a school holiday about crawling over the line. Um, and when your tank's not full, when you're tired, um, I think it impacts on your teaching. So your teaching's not effective. You might be slightly grouchier with students. Um, you know, you're not giving it your all. I think how you feel about work um, really changes. So I think, you know, you can start to have negative feelings and those feelings then manifest into the way that you talk to people, the way you plan your lessons, the way you run your meetings. Um, and I think, you know, that then can spiral uh, beyond work into your personal life as well. And I think one of the things that's really challenging is making sure that that we try to be effective in what we do. But to do that, we need to actually make sure that we create the space and time to, to do those things that really matter, like eat properly, sleep properly, have some time doing some fun things and not try and um, save all of that for the holidays, which is often what teachers and educators do. Definitely something that I'm guilty of as well is actually um, prioritising the fun, the fun at holiday time. So uh, absolutely, that resonates with me. Um, Andy, what else? What else do you think can happen when you don't see? What can the implications be when um, when you don't keep your tank full? Yeah, so I think. I mean, one of the reasons that people don't keep their tank full, I think, is because they're they're wanting to, you know, we've talked in previous episodes about like showing up and walking the talk and, and they want to present themselves as, as being committed, as getting everything done and managing to spin all those plates. So you take on too much. You don't kind of look after yourself in an attempt to do that. But when it does lead to that burnout, um, you then probably damage your credibility because you're snappier with people or, um, you know, as Helen said, you you maybe don't speak to somebody in the way that you would have done or you make a decision that you wouldn't have done if you were in a bit more of a rational headspace. So short term, yes, maybe you get more done in the short term by working 15 hour days, but longer term, it's not sustainable. You, you then damage your credibility in that way. I think at the end of like all of that as well, if you look at it, Andy, at the extreme level, um, you can see people become really unwell. And actually, if you let your tank get really, really empty, you do become unwell. And that might be that you suffer from burnout um, or that you suffer from stress or depression. Um, the recovery from that is really hard and it can be kind of much longer for people. So it's about, you know, trying to, you know, keep that tank at least kind of healthily full most of the time. Um, and, you know, there's a, there's a lovely story, if anybody's read um, Stephen Covey, where he talks about a guy who's trying to cut down a tree. Um, and the, the guy's kind of sawing at this tree for about six hours and he's making no progress. And somebody else comes along and says, you know, what are you doing? And he says, well, I'm trying to cut down this tree. And the guy says to him, well, why don't you sharpen your saw? And he looks at him and he says, I haven't got time. But making time for those, you know, the cup of coffee or going to bed a bit earlier or kind of just slowing down a little bit actually over time helps you to speed up. And that's worth remembering. But it can be really hard to pause for long enough to actually just think about that. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I mean, that, that it, like, it's hard to do, like you said, to stop and sharpen your saw when your to-do list is already so huge that you think I've not possibly got time to stop and think. But um, that's, that is the only way to do it. And it's almost um, pointless, like the amount of millions being spent on teacher recruitment and marketing and incentivizing people into teaching unless the retention issues dealt with by avoiding that that burnout and that stress and anxiety um it, it, that doesn't make sense to just keep trying to recruit new teachers without looking at the well-being um and the retention of the, the current workforce is there is there any kind of strategy uh, things that um have been implemented recently at your school andy or or helen that you've witnessed that um you know are good examples of how well-being of teachers is being prioritized at the moment yeah i think from my perspective a lot of it comes down to the culture of your organization and um you know you see some really toxic unhealthy schools where the culture is that you have to be the last one in the car park um to be seen to be doing your job well or you have to um drag yourself into work even if you're really unwell because that's what's expected of you and actually like that cultural change of saying it's okay to say struggling at the moment or I need some help with this or two days a week I'm going to leave at 345 because I want to see my children before they go to bed or whatever like accepting all those things that people work in different ways and have different priorities um personally I think that culture change is much more effective than sometimes you see like well-being gimmicks like giving everybody a biscuit or whatever yeah we all love a biscuit but it doesn't help necessarily to keep your tank full does it I mean you see all kinds of things in schools and I think I think Andy's right which is it boils down to the culture and levels of trust that are created within the school um so you know it is about saying to staff you know um you don't have to stay till six o'clock to prove that you're doing a good job if you need to get off after the bell and go and see children then that's absolutely fine. I think there are also kind of systems and expectations underneath that that can be really helpful. So, you know, having a culture of not emailing people after 5pm and not emailing late at night, really early in the morning, in the middle of the night or at weekends can really support staff because that inbox um, can feel like it weighs a ton sometimes. I don't know if you have any others, Andy, that you would suggest from your experience. I think uh, I might mention this in the last podcast or the, the one before about, for me, one thing that we're sometimes guilty of as school leaders is designing policies and not being the ones that it affects, not considering it from the perspective of um, somebody teaching all day. So when you're looking at things like marking policies, yes i could maybe keep up with it teaching four hours a week but is it reasonable for somebody teaching 22 hours a week and being really open to challenge and feedback um from people because you sometimes do make a decision and implement something without you miss things don't you? you don't see it from every possible angle so being really open to that feedback and actually maybe implementing more things as trials and then reviewing them and taking on board people's views before setting them in stone yeah, I think I think that's a really kind of good bit of advice that, you know, we constantly ask that question, you know, is it happening? Um, but actually, is it working? So is what we're doing making a difference? And I think sometimes we end up doing things that make people really busy in schools. Um, and what we should be concentrating on is how do we help teachers to be more effective? And doing more doesn't necessarily 
equate to better. Sometimes doing less, but doing it really well is the key. And I think, again, if you come back to culture, really effective leaders um, don't have a list of things that are a mile wide and an inch high. What they try to do is really prioritise. So they ask people to spend and invest their time on the things that matter. And what they do is they really cut out the clutter um, for associate staff and for teachers so that they can do the things that make the biggest difference rather than making them feel like they're constantly in a tailspin. Um, I think one of the other things which is really interesting in, in, in education, and you look at the press and the way that kind of teaching is pre presented, um, you know, as a teacher, you're often made to feel, aren't you, like you're not good enough. And I think we need to really reconsider um, that whole process. Everybody as an educator sets out, I think, with good intention. We always want to get better at what we do, but we need to think about how we facilitate that rather than how we kind of work to the lowest common denominator sometimes. And I think that would make a, a huge difference to how people feel. Absolutely. And I think um, that that really resonates as well is actually celebrating the, the, the role of a teacher, a tutor or a TA for, um, on, on the cold surface is actually really, really tough. Um, and they have to really be in their best game because they're, they're working with some, you know, many, many children and students that have got other sort of challenges that are going on in their lives as well and we we can't underestimate the uh the impact of being a positive role model as well um and you can't be a positive role model unless you're actually looking after yourself as well um and and a healthy culture um that comes from the top down is is absolutely you know critical to uh, ensure that and why why is it let's sort of think about just uh, why it's hard what are the challenges that can be faced at a school um that can get in the way of meaning that teachers and and tutors aren't able and educators aren't able to keep their tank full and and start to spiral helen yeah i think you know that there are kind of lots of reasons but i think they often boil down, like Andy said earlier, to, to school policies and systems and structures. So, you know, if your school has a an unreasonable marking assessment and feedback policy where they want you to, to put in data every half term, you're expected to triple mark books three times a week, then, again, you spend so much time doing that that there's no time to actually do something with the marking and assessment and then adapt your teaching and plan better lessons. So it's about policies and practices being really sensible. Um, I think other things that get in the way are, are again, meeting schedules. Um, so you spend so long meeting that there's no time to actually do any of the work that comes from the meeting. So again, having really productive and focused meetings can really make a difference. Um, Andy, I don't know if you would add to that. Yeah, I think um, they're really good ideas. I think the other thing that um, can be quite difficult is schools are very accountability focused, whether it's, um, you know, accountability to parents or DFE or offset or league tables or 
whatever the accountability is, it can feel like you're being pulled in a lot of directions at once. So suddenly you write a school development plan that if you're not careful is 50 pages long because everything's a priority. And then underneath that are department improvement plans and everything's a priority. And suddenly like, nobody can focus on doing anything well because you're trying to do everything at once. And that just becomes really unmanageable. And like you said, Helen, you end up doing a lot of things really badly and not actually improving your school anyway, rather than picking a few um, real priorities that you invest all your time and, and effort and resource into. Yeah, the key, the key almost, isn't it? I think, if, again, if you come back to Covey, he says, I love this sentence, the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. And I think that can be really, really challenging in education. But really great leaders, again, are, are really good at identifying those priorities and those things that matter and making sure that other things don't come in and sideswipe them. Absolutely. So um, I think we've we've kind of covered this, but what happens when you don't keep your tank full? What what can also be the implications that occur? I think lots of things suffer. Um, you know, um, your work suffers, um, your sleep suffers, your, your eating suffers. Um, your family suffer, um, and I, I use that kind of word. It sounds an, an, like an awful word, but I think things do suffer when you don't keep your tank full. You know, your mental health and your emotional well-being can really suffer, and I think the impact of that can be a really kind of long, slow deterioration. And when that happens, um, that's really hard because you can almost not notice it until it's too late. And then it becomes a much harder pullback. So I think making time to just really pay attention to how you're feeling and, and you know how full your tank is and intervening early if you think that it's getting a little bit low is really important. But I think having people around you where you know they're not looking out just for themselves, they're also helping to look out for, for, for you and each other can also be really helpful. Good leaders notice when somebody isn't quite themselves in school and they have that conversation that really helps to get that person back on track. And sometimes, you know, it's hard to nudge yourself, but it's always really easy to, to reach out a hand and support somebody else. I think it's important to remember that we have a responsibility for ourselves, but also to take some responsibility for others because we are a community in a school absolutely and and this podcast is going to be going out uh on valentine's day so let's it's great to to be able to uh promote and uh and share the love as well and and celebrate everybody um i think you can't underestimate the the friends and your peers and your colleagues that are around you and and the community that that builds um and having a happy culture and community around you is is only going to eventually uh, feed down to and impact the the pupils and the students and the environment that's around you. Andy would you agree with that? Yeah absolutely I mean Helen kind of talks then about that from the perspective of looking after your own well-being as an individual but even from like an organizational perspective if somebody doesn't do that um kind of plows on plows on plows on until they're at breaking point and then Know, ends up off work for a long period of time or whatever organizationally that you've then got um colleagues having to pick up somebody else's work or 
supply teacher, the quality of lessons for the students then suffers, they, they make less progress and then there's that vicious cycle then of more improvements are needed, more work's needed. So if you don't deal with things as like when they'd be smaller issues and let them build up and build up, you're just creating that cycle of, um, you know, it getting worse and worse and worse. And I think, you know, where we've talked about things like poor marking policies that lead to ridiculous workload, whilst ever people just accept them and go with them, even if it means staying up till midnight to mark your books, even if it means not seeing your family at a weekend, that's part of the problem because the policy will never change. Whereas actually, like if in a really constructive and polite and professional way, you can bring, kind of raise those concerns. That's the way that you then bring about that change in the policy. Um, it, you know, if you just keep going and going and going, it, it's not clear that it's an issue and it's not sustainable. It's about having that kind of right culture, isn't it, in a sense where, you know, um, staff feel comfortable saying to leaders, you know, I don't think this is quite working right at the minute. Can we have a look at it? Um, and again, it's not a, you know, it's not a criticism of anything, but I think, you know, that there are kind of three questions leaders should always ask themselves. And this comes from the work of John McBeath on school self-evaluation. And he says that, you know, the first question that you should always ask is, you know, how well are we doing? So how well are we doing in terms of helping to keep, you know, everybody's tank full? The next question is, how do we know? And that's where you might start looking at staff absence, retention, or you might just step back and, and notice how your staff are, are looking and feeling, you know, talk to them. Um, it doesn't always have to be a big deal. And then the, the next question is the obvious one, which is how do we make it better? Um, and I think if people took that approach to really kind of thinking about um, well-being and helping staff to keep tanks full, it would probably be really productive. Excellent. Thank you, Helen. I love those uh, three questions and certainly there are uh, areas that we can reflect on and, and senior leadership and educators um, on our on our own individual performance. Um, it, again, it's back to sort of self-regulation and, and, and sort of agency as well. So just sort of thinking then, what top tips do we have different strategies that we can quickly share for anyone that's listening today? So I'd maybe say from a, a teacher's perspective, not being afraid to ask for help and say if you're struggling, it's much better to do that earlier on. And from a school leader perspective, I think it's, you know, you, you look at how to try and improve your school, but sometimes it's much more powerful to ask what can we stop doing rather than what, what else can we do? What more could we do? Fine, add some more things in that you're going to do if that's going to have an impact, but what, what are you going to stop doing? What are you going to take out? Because there's only so many hours in the day. Yeah, very powerful there, Andy, I think. Helen, what would you share from your perspective? Yeah, I think kind of, for me, it's about also kind of empowering staff a little bit. Um, and, you know, we, we talked a lot in education about growth mindset um, from Carol Dweck and the concept of not yet. But I also think in, in terms of well-being, there's also a need for not just now. And that's not saying no to things in a, you know, in a, blank way it's just saying that maybe now isn't just the right time and helping people to have the confidence sometimes to say that um, can be good I also think you know schools um, are communities and really building your social capital 
in a school can help people to to generate what I what I would describe as a culture of, of helpfulness, um, where they really support each other. And that's about things like, you know, not necessarily always dividing and conquering your staff into small staff rooms, but bringing them together and making sure there's a cup of coffee there at break time ready for them so they can have a proper break or making sure at the end of the day, you know, you've got some coffee in the staff room where staff can come and just almost debrief the day before they, they leave if they want to. And I think that social capital in a school is something that we really need to harness because it makes people feel really good about coming to work. Absolutely. We, we we all want to be able to say that we we enjoy what we do every day and that those little steps, having a cup of coffee ready for someone when they're not going to have time to make one themselves, looking out for each other, it, it's what we should be doing sort of in the wider culture as well. So, um, yeah, I absolutely think that the harnessing around that is so powerful. So let's just wrap up and start thinking, Andy, about one, what one key takeaway would you have from our discussions today? I think for me it is that schools are big, complex organisations, but um, regardless of your, your budget or your facilities, your most important resource is your people. Um, and often we clearly we prioritise the well-being of children, but if you're not prioritising the well-being of your staff, and helping them to keep their tanks full, then long term as an organisation, you're never going to thrive. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's a there, we we focus a lot on sort of safeguarding and and protection of of pupils, but actually, are we safeguarding our our teams and our communities as well? Helen, what would your takeaway be? I think my my kind of big takeaway with this is almost kind of um, the idea that you know we need to make this a priority um, and school culture is absolutely key in all of that. So, you know, from a leadership perspective, how do leaders, whether they're senior leaders or middle leaders, really create that culture um, where staff well-being and, you know, staff keeping their tanks full is a priority and we really help staff to, to, to do that and, you know, really build that social capital. I think that for me can only come from the top down as well. Um, actually being, um, you know, as, as a senior leader, just role modelling the fact that when you're on leave, you're on leave and and being comfortable to actually model that and not feel guilty when you take time out and, um, and when your hours are your hours. So actually setting those ex expectations from the top down then doesn't sort of cause additional panic for teachers and sort of the community below them when they see that a leader isn't is confident enough and comfortable enough not to uh, to work on their days off then that is a really powerful message that actually then filters down through the whole culture um, and for me I think the bit that you shared Andy about thinking about what can we stop doing so actually reflecting on oh, are we focusing on this for the right reasons is it a priority or is it a not just now as you shared Helen 
So thank you so much today from our experts, Helen Morgan and Andy Bridge. It's always a real pleasure to meet with you both and, and have our conversations. And as we mentioned, this is a series around edger habits and we'll be focusing next week on our fourth edger habit, which we're referring to is making time your friend. We all need a bit of extra time every day. Unfortunately, we can't add on extra hours, but uh, let's try and make it to our benefit. And in school, time can often feel like the enemy. So there is never enough time. And as educators, um, we do things instead of delegating because it's faster or because we want it to get done properly. So we're going to unpack that conversation and actually think about the importance of delegation um, and at other times make sure that we're focusing on important tasks um, and don't get bogged down in, in things unnecessarily. Um, so looking at strategies and approaches that can help you make time your friend. We hope that you will find that useful and you'll join us. You can pick up the After the Bell podcast, which are released on a weekly basis. And they're here just to listen to and have a gentle chat in the background um, and get you just thinking and taking some quick tips and takeaways with our discussions from our experts. And these are around all things educational um, on your daily commute. You can access these or if you're on your treadmill or if you're thinking about your focus for the day or perhaps driving uh, to work or home. Um, we really enjoy these conversations and we hope that you find them useful. Um, we'd love to, for you to actually give us some feedback around these conversations as well. So if you feel comfortable, pop a review down in uh, Google reviews when you're listening to our sessions. Thanks so much and we look forward to catching up with you next week. Bye.